you and me and whoever is listening has the power to turn their poison into medicine. So at the end of the day, you are in control. If you are able, you, you're able, you're walking, you're talking, your brain is functioning, you can see, you have, you have nothing stopping you. And I'm sorry, it's in your hands. It's all in your hands. Hello, thank you so much for tuning in to the Active Ingredient Podcast. I am your host, Sophie Wheel, and I am a deeply curious person on my own personal journey of self-discovery and personal growth. This is a podcast all about the journey and figuring out what makes us come alive and prioritizing whatever that is every single day. When I started the podcast over two years ago, I thought that I would get the answers externally. And the more conversations I had and the more work that I did on myself the more I realize that every single answer and all of the truths lie within and in the silence. I know that may sound a bit overwhelming, which is why my mission is to have candid conversations with relatable humans who I feel have truly come alive and get really clear about how they've come home to themselves, as well as share my own discoveries along the way. Welcome to Active Ingredient. My biggest wish for you is that you feel alive and that you tap into your active ingredient every single day. Hello, welcome back to Active Ingredient. We have another interview this week, and I'm truly so excited for this episode. I haven't shared this on the podcast yet, but I have been sharing it on my stories. I have been currently going through yoga teacher training in Miami, and I have been wanting to do yoga teacher training, I think, honestly, probably since I started yoga, but like For sure, from what I can remember, actually looking up studios that offered it like for the last five years, it was part of my resolutions for years. It was just always something that I wanted to do. And something that I really, really firmly believe is that things happen and they show up in your life and you make choices right at the time that they're supposed to happen. I've been wanting to do this forever. And at one point, I didn't have the money to do it. At another point, I didn't have the time to do it. At another point, I just like was wishy-washy about about it. I say this because when I said that I was doing this, so many people reached out to me and they're like, man, I really wanted to do this too. And it's like, okay, no pressure. Like, I'm not saying everyone go do yoga teacher training right now. Absolutely no pressure. Just know that that is in your mind for a reason. And that at the exact time that you're supposed to do it, you will do it. The second that I saw that Mimi was doing this, I literally was like, okay, where do I, like, I just saw it and I clipped it and I was like, okay, I'm starting literally January 17th. I'm doing it. So yeah, so I am in the middle of yoga teacher training. Mimi, who is the guest of this week's show, who you saw in the headline, is the creator of Mimi Yoga and she is my teacher. And I also want to give a backstory on why I chose this program. And I also want to give a caveat. I paid full price for this. This is not a sponsored episode. I'm not getting paid at all for this. I'm just, I wanted to share her, her energy and my experience with you guys, just because it really has been one of, one of, if not the best decisions I have ever made for myself. So how I even got to this program is that years ago, I took a class at Soul Yoga, which is a studio in Miami. And one of my best friends had told me, you have to go take this class with this instructor, Mimi. This was, I think it was three years ago. It was definitely before the pandemic, but like years before the pandemic. And I went and 
she uses an instrument called the harmonium, which we will be ending the podcast with her doing it. But she used that instrument in the class. And I had never, first of all, seen an instrument like that, heard that sound before. I had never been in a room with people chanting something that was not in English. And all I remember feeling was just this energy of release of just like a really true exhale. Like it just felt like everyone in that room had the same north and the energy, the vibrations. It was so powerful and it was so much bigger than me that it left the biggest impact on me. And that was from one class that I did with her. So time goes on. I literally just did this one class. I go back to New York, blah, blah, blah. Pandemic happens. And then I found myself early January just thinking, man, I really want to do yoga again. I wonder what Mimi's up to. That instructor that I took that class with, that I literally cried in just from vibrations. (laughs) Like, I wonder what she's up to because I want to integrate yoga back into my life. And then I went on her website, saw that she was doing yoga teacher training, something I've been wanting to do, like I said, for years. And I literally said, okay, here we go. Boom, paid in full, like we're doing this. I think there's definitely something about energy with people. Like you guys will see it literally within the first minute of listening to her speak. Her energy transcends. This really is truly one of, if not the best decisions I have made for myself. Yeah, so I wanted to give you a little context as to how Mimi and I know each other. She is my teacher. That is the personal update. I am in yoga teacher training with Mimi. (laughs) So Mimi Gandor is a Miami-based yoga instructor, and she's the creator of MimiYoga.com, which is her online platform. She shares her workouts, and she also does live streams. I'm pretty sure she does them every day. And she really is just a true ray of sunshine. Like I said, you will feel her energy. It is palpable first minute of this podcast. So on today's show, we talk about her life pre-yoga. Not a lot of people know this about her, but she actually discovered yoga at the age of 30, which you guys know that I love talking about pivots and evolving and trying new things and just following the breadcrumbs of what excites you. She's one of, if not the highest known yoga instructors in Miami, and she discovered yoga. Like she took her first yoga class at the age of 30. So we talk about that. She'd also, she had also started a previous business in Saudi Arabia before she moved to Miami that was extremely successful, left that behind. We talk about how yoga saved her, how she found an authentic community after having moved to a new country. What yoga is for those listening that maybe don't even know what yoga is. If you've never taken a yoga class or don't understand why you would, we talk about what yoga is and we talk about how it nourishes and enhances every single part of your life on and off the mat. So with that, welcome to my beautiful teacher, Mimi, to the show. Mimi. Thank you so much for being in studio. I am, I'm really excited for this interview. <laughs> I'm really excited and thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here, Sophie. I just want to say this. You have an energy to you that I, I told you how I got into yoga teacher training, which was I took one class, I think. One. You have this energy about you that I normally start off with a specific question and I'm going to get to it. But first, I just want to understand this energy. Like, where does it come from? How do you cultivate it? Has it always been there? Like you just have this presence that's just so non-judgmental. It's just so, it's so present. How do you you. cultivate that? Life, experiences and the journey brought me to where I am today. And I honestly, Sophie, first of all, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I choose to have that energy every day. 
that energy that fuels me on a daily basis. It's so beautiful. And it it just, I don't know if it's because I've lived in New York for such a long time and it's like, I'm surrounded by so much energy that sometimes feels like judgmental or competitive or just that's like what I expect of people. So when right. I see someone like you that just has none of that, if you don't have a fiber of your being that's like that, it's really inspiring. And like at the level of success that you're at, like it's just, it's really nice. Thank you. Thank you. What can I tell you? I mean, we all have a story, right? And a backstory and a way backstory that shape who we are today. So that's the truth is my my stories brought me to who, to who I am today as me, 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 me yoga. You asked if I've always had that energy. The answer is no, I didn't have that energy at all. I've had that energy since I started yoga and started to build a positive healing community, loving community. Okay, well, we're going to get into your whole story and I can't (laughs) wait for you to give us a play-by-play on how this all has unfolded for you. But I kick off every podcast asking the guest what they were like as a kid that they remember. And the reason for this question is that I have found with all the interviews that I've done that a lot of the people that I feel like are really just living and breathing in what is truly like it feels like it is the mission that they are here on this earth to do. A lot of the times they're exuding childlike qualities. And I'm curious if you remember what you were like as a kid and if that rings true for you. Yes, I do remember. I remember very clearly I was Mimi since the day I was born. They called, called me Mimi. I mean, my real name is Miriam. I don't know if you know that. I do. (laughs) I do. And I remember I was quiet, very quiet and mature at the same time. Very mature, like way older than my age. Hmm. I would say I was an old soul and I still feel that I am an old soul. 100%. Yeah. Do you find that there was a period, because it's interesting to say that you're that you're really quiet. I wouldn't consider you, do you consider yourself as someone quiet right now? Well, today with, with my life and, and how fast my life is and my community and how, how fast my community is growing. No, I'm not as quiet as I was at but all. In your, in your essence, like when you're home by yourself, yes. do you think that you are genuinely a hundred percent? Okay. Because I, I asked that Very because quiet. so many people that are like that, actually, they really are the opposite. Yeah, I am very quiet. I love to be in silence, quiet. You can turn on the TV in my house. I'll be on my sofa, but I'm just quiet. So do you think that, I don't know if this is like your experience, but I do find that in the trajectory of life, it seems like a lot of times, like you you know who you are when you're little, just because that is who you actually are. Then you're kind of like confused or you start exploring and then you know, life is giving you all of this external feedback and then sometimes we lose it. And I have found it again through yoga. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if you've had any sort of experience where you like, you weren't connected to your true self and were able to reconnect in a certain way. Yes. Growing up, no, I did not know who I was at all. I, I kind of like just went with the journey of life and a lot of unexpected obstacles came along, which is very, very normal to any human being that's on this planet. And then I finally, finally was able to find out who I was and what my purpose is and all that. After the birth of my daughter, who is 10 years old now, it came to full circle after I found yoga. 
So 10 years ago is not that long ago. No, not long ago at all. What, what is it about that? Several people who are mothers have said the same thing. It's kind of like a rebirth. Well, I do have a son that's 17 years mm. old. Oh, wow. Yes. And I think I was just too young when I had him. I was 21 years old when I had him. And I was fortunate enough that, you know, he was a healthy baby, no issues, nothing. And I was just like distracted with life and and all the things that are not so important. You know, life was so fast and I was sleeping so late and waking up so late. And I, I, I didn't really have a purpose then. But when Hala, my daughter was born, Hala was born with special needs. And I'm not going to lie to you. It was a slap on my face. I was angry. I was depressed. Like, why? Why me? This kind of changed my whole life. It did. She changed my whole life. She is my greatest teacher. I will, even if you tell me, like, if you would repeat your life again, I would have Hala a million times. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> It's beautiful. Yeah. So what did you think your life was going to be before her? I just thought it was going to be the way it is, like have more kids and be in a marriage that's unhealthy. And I mean, I was married for 19 years. It was it wasn't a great marriage. And I thought I was just going to live like this forever, you know, have more babies, have more nannies to take care of them and live in Saudi Arabia for the rest of my life. The reason I moved to the States is because of Hala to provide her with with what she needs. So that, yeah, that she, my whole life flipped upside down in one day. I think it's interesting that you say the relationship part, because I find, and I don't know the extent of, you know, exactly what happened in your marriage and I've never been married. I do think though, that when relationships are not like the obvious terrible that you got to like run away from it and you're secure, you're financially secure, you, it's all you've known. It's what you can expect. It's the familiar. Absolutely. That to me is, that is scarier because you had a rude awakening with, a, I was, with something. You I know? was very comfortable in my misery. You get so comfortable in your misery. You know, you get used to it. You get used to abuse. You just get used to it. And I'm not giving myself an excuse, but I wanted to leave so many times. I just wanted to exit. And I was so scared of change and being uncomfortable financially and, and all that stuff. So, yeah. How long would you say you were having those, like that feeling that you wanted to get out? Since the day I got married, since day one. Wow. Yes. Wow. Since day one. Since How did you our, cope? Since my wedding day, my wedding night. How did you cope? I just coped. I just did it. I, I don't have the answer for that. I just coped and I stuck with it. And I come from a culture where, you know, you make your bed, you sleep in it. You picked him, you you got married you stay in your marriage, you fix things, you you try. And I did try. It's not like I didn't try. I tried and I went to therapy and I went to counseling and all of it, but it just wouldn't work. What has been the biggest learning through that part of your life? Or something that you could tell someone that's listening that they're like, damn, this sounds exactly like, like someone that has been or is in that situation. What would you want to tell them? I'll tell you what, it's... Easy choices, harder life, and harder 
choices, easier life. How did you learn that? Because when, by the way, you told me that I went home to my family and I told them that exact (laughs) thing. My mom has told all of her sisters. It is one of the most impactful things I think I've ever heard that Mimi said in our yoga teacher training. It took me 19 years to figure that out. How did you figure that out? I just wanted to be happy. I wanted to be myself because happiness to me is to be, is, is to feel alive, is to be able to be yourself. All of us on this planet have one thing in common, no matter what race, what religion, what anything, we all want to be happy. And for me, happiness is a choice and it's a feeling of just feeling alive, feeling alive. You're, we are alive. We're here. We're walking. But I, I always say like the real pandemic is human misery. It's human misery. People are miserable. And it's a choice. And it's a choice. It's easier said than done because a lot of people are trapped and they're scared. And, and you know, especially in third world countries, they don't have the freedom to just walk out. They don't have the rights to just walk out. They have very strict families, conservative families. The law system is messed up. So I am very, I consider myself very lucky to be in the United States, to be able to choose my freedom. It's so impactful. So this whole thing, like the catalyst that got you to choose being alive, to choose yourself was Hala? Was that? Yes, definitely. Hala was the turning point in my life. <sighs> definitely. If Hala, if Hala was born, I mean, she's a beautiful, I don't, I don't, I, I, I can't say she's not complete. She is complete and she's perfectly imperfect. But if Hala was born with no disability and, and went to regular school and was able to walk on time and talk on time and all that stuff, I would have never moved out of Saudi Arabia. I would have stayed in Saudi Arabia, comfortable in my misery. I had, um, I still have amazing friends. I had a great life, but I went to bed miserable. I was not happy. I was not able to be myself because of my marriage. I had a very toxic marriage. So I was not living my truth at all. Wow. And I don't know if I read this or saw this correctly. You had your own business in Saudi Arabia? Yes. So I've always been entrepreneurial, always. Since you give I was, me that vibe. <laughs> since I was a child, I, I like to hustle, if that's the correct word. I, and I love that word. I love to hustle. I love it. Even when I was married, my husband, my ex-husband was, you know, wealthy and he was a great provider and all that. But I always wanted to... You know, when I look at it now, Sophie, and this is just coming to my mind is, I guess it was like an escape. You know, I wanted to be busy the whole time to escape the toxic marriage, to escape the the vibes at home and all that stuff. So I got married when I was 17. I continued my education while I was married. I studied interior design. I worked in that field. I, nothing crazy, but I designed a few homes here and there for friends, close friends and all that. And then I started a bakery in 2007 in Saudi Arabia with my best friend who's named Hala. Her name is Hala. I named my daughter after her. After You're going to make me cry like several <laughs> times in this, I love you. In this interview. <laughs> so, and I've known her since we were in first grade. And I always told her, listen, if I ever have a girl, it's going to be Hala. It's going to be Hala. And there she is. Hala, Hala's here. 
So Hala, my friend, went to school in Boston. She went to Smith College. She's a very smart girl. And she came back. She came back from college when she was like 20 years old to Saudi Arabia because she's from Saudi Arabia. And she's like, Mimi, I want, we need to start a business. Let's start a fashion business. And I'm like, let's do it. Let's start a fashion business, you know. And then back and forth, back and forth, we knew we wanted to start a business just for fun, just to have a, a good time and, and have a business together. Then we decided to start a bakery. Mm-hmm. And at that time, the cupcake, the cupcake bakeries in, in the United States and Europe were booming, like sprinkles, cupcakes and this cupcakes and that cupcake. So it was so it was something very new, mm-hmm. I guess, in America. And there was nothing in Saudi Arabia. So we started Munch Bakery. We created Munch Bakery from scratch. We did not get a franchise from anywhere. We created our own brand, designed it, all that stuff. And we started the bakery. And I swear, Sophie, we started it as like a a business to have fun, to have a good time. And, you know, thank God the business exploded since day one. It was like... It's still around, right? It's still around. It's It's one of the biggest bakeries in Saudi Arabia. Are you still involved? I'm not involved, but my ex-husband owns it Mm. as Hala, my best friend as well. And I mean, I was involved for so many years. And when I filed for divorce, I was like, I don't want anything. I just want to be free. I want my piece of paper. As long as you take care of the kids and, and you pay the bills and all that stuff, keep the bakery. I'm not here to fight you or anything. Just... That's actually interesting that you say this because like, again, I'm not married. I don't really have like entanglements like that. But I think that that could be something that stops someone from doing it Mm because it's like messy kids. Right. Businesses. A hundred percent. You know, what would you say to someone that has all of those things? That's like that could be something that's stopping them. Choose you. All these things don't matter. They don't. In the beginning, you're going to feel, you're going to feel like it's not fair. And, and I did this, I started this and it's not fair and it's not fair. But what do you want? You want to be happy or you want to be right? So life doesn't give you everything. It doesn't. Wow. So what is it that you want? Prioritize what you want. I could have easily stayed in this marriage, unhappy, not living my truth, still being part of that bakery, spending money left and right, traveling, shopping, but I'm not fulfilled inside. I'm not. I'm not happy. So choose your happiness. Life is short and life is not short. It's, it depends how you look at it. But just be yourself and choose your happiness. Okay. So speaking of your happiness, <laughs> <laughs> yoga has been a huge gateway for you. How did you take your first yoga class and walk me through the journey? Because I will. I, I will. am fascinated by just... You, again, like I said in the beginning, it's just your energy that you're saying is cultivated through yoga. Like, I want to hear your relationship to yoga. To, Thank to, you. From well, when it started to now. You know, I think, I think my energy also comes from me being very social. I'm a very social person. I love people. I love to be around people. I love people to come over to my house and sleep in my house. Mm-hmm. And like, I just love to be around people that are like-minded, obviously, like-minded people. When I moved to Miami eight years ago, I I moved overnight. It's not like I was planning to move or anything. I came for the summer with the kids and my ex-husband and then boom, he's like, we're not going back. We're staying here. And I was so depressed. I'm like, what do you mean? We have a, we have a life back home. Like I just built my brand new home in Saudi Arabia and it came from so much sweat 
blood and tears, you know, like from after a lot of hard work and growing the bakery and it, the bakery became our, our business, you know, our main source of income. And I said, what do you mean? He's like, what are you worried about? Like, we need to stay here and our daughter needs to be here. And when was this? 2014, okay. June, 2014. So I was like, yes, I agree. Our daughter needs to stay here, but you know, you can't do things like that. Like we can go back, stay for another year and then plan our move. And he didn't give me that option. And it just made me so depressed, so angry. I'm like, you know, I'm here. I have to, I'm starting a new life. I have to find a school for my son. My son was nine years old at the time. Yes, it's better for my daughter. I know that. But Hannah was two years old. She was so young. And I just, I don't do well with sudden change like that. I don't. And it's imposed on you. It's, it's not... imposed. Exactly. Yeah. He didn't, he didn't consult me. He did like, you know, when you're, when you're in a partnership, like a marriage or, or whatever it is, like a relationship and you have kids, it's important that both partners yeah, sign off on something. sign off on it, you yeah. know, or, or have a discussion about it. Nothing, nothing. So I was like, okay, okay, Mimi, one more thing, add it to your plate. Like, I'm just so used to that. So I started to get busy and and go out and take Hala to therapy every single day. It was like her school. Therapy was like going to school and I found a school for my son. And I was just so, so, so depressed. Then I found SoulCycle. SoulCycle just opened in Miami in oh January 2015. So mm. six months after I moved to Miami, I started to go to SoulCycle and I was never into physical activity. activity. <laughs> I never, never went to the gym. Nothing. I'm shocked. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing. So I, I walk into SoulCycle and I remember I was like, wow, this is, this is incredible because SoulCycle has this like spiritual aspect to it. You know, the, the room is dark, the candles, the teacher sends a lot of empowering messages and I cried like the first class, I tears just started to come down. I'm like, this is exactly what I need. So I kept going. I kept going. Sometimes I would go twice a day, like in the morning, in the afternoon, wow. I became addicted to spinning. It's cathartic. I think that's the addiction. Yes. It's that you're, you release and it's you versus you, which yoga has a similar exact quality to it. Exactly. Then 10 months into soul cycle, I got injured because I was doing it too much. So I got injured. I got tendinitis. Long story short, my doctor was like, Mimi, you've got to go to therapy, physical therapy, and you have to stop spinning, like the motion of spinning, just take a break. So I took a break. And then a friend of mine here in Miami, she's a family friend. She's friends with my in-laws. And she was like, Mimi, come to yoga. And I'm like, no, I can't. Yoga is too boring. And all that. And she's like, trust me, there's this teacher at Green Monkey. She's my teacher. If you like Soul Cycle, you're going to love her class. Like her class is powerful. You're going to sweat and all that. And I was like, no, I kept rejecting the idea of yoga. I'm like, no, 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 no. Started going to the gym, lifting weights, blah, 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 for like a few weeks. And then this voice told me, Mimi, step on your mat. Just go to the mat. Go, you know. Because there were, there were days, Sophie, I was not able to get out of my bed from how depressed I was. I was so depressed. And what do you think that voice is? Intuition, for sure. My intuition was like, go. I have faith. I have strong faith. I'm not religious at all. But I do believe in a higher power and I have very strong faith. And I believe that faith was 
was my my drug like it was it was what rescued me throughout from 17 until today faith is what rescued me you know so i went to yoga and it was ewas class <laughs> when you when you like teed it up with that type of instructor i was like i wonder if it's yeah, ewa it's ewa wow. it's ewa she is my first yoga teacher I walked into the class quiet, not knowing what to do. I placed my mat in the back row. The class was not full or anything. There was like a few people in class at Green Monkey, Miami Beach. Green Monkey was the only studio available, to be honest. There was nothing available. And I took the class. I did get a good sweat. Like I was sweating. I didn't know what I was doing, to be honest. I was just watching the row in front of me, but I was sweating and more importantly, all the messages she was, all the wisdom she was sharing in class was like talking to me. It was like, it was like she knew what I was going through and she was talking to me. So I got out of the class and I'm like, wow, this works. I, I was so happy. I was high, you know, the yoga high, all that. I go home and I'm like, oh my God, like I found my thing, you know, like soul cycle. Now mm -hmm. I found my thing. It's yoga. <laughs> So I kept going and I kept going and I kept going. Every single day I would go to yoga. And obviously I would, 99% of the time was her class. So I became addicted to yoga. Everything started to change. Everything. The way I ate, the way I drove, the way I talked to my ex-husband, the way I talked to my kids, everything. How quickly? Instantly, like within the, within the month, within the first month of yoga, they, everything started to change. I became calmer and I started to realize that, you know what? The problem is not me. The problem is you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and I tried to take him to yoga. Like I, I tried, even though deep inside, I'm like, I'm like, it's over. I'm done with you. But I'm like, come to yoga. Oh, he would make fun of yoga. Yoga's dumb. Yoga's not for men. Yoga's for women, blah, 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 all that crap. And I was like, okay, I'm going. You know, I, I, I became so like, whatever. So I kept going. And then like a year and a half later, Ewa and I became very friendly and, and we would like talk and all that stuff. And Ewa comes to me at, to the house for a private. And she tells me, Mimi, I have news for you. And I said, what? She's like, I'm moving. I said, what do you mean? She's like, I'm moving to Orlando. I'm in love. I fell in love. He lives in Orlando. He he's a doctor, and I'm I'm going. I said no, Ewa, you're not going. <laughs> like I felt, I literally felt my life was ending. Like I was like, what do I do? Because yoga is not spinning. Yoga is not boot camp. It's the first thing that attracts you is the student teacher rela relationship. You you have to have this connection with your teacher. At least for me, me too. Yes, which is literally how I'm here talking to you right now. And it's so important. If you don't connect to the teacher, it's not going to work. It will not work. It will work for the people that only want the physical mm -hmm. exercise. They go in, they exercise, they get out. They don't talk to anyone. They don't, they don't have a community, nothing. The transformation. Yeah, though. exactly. So I, I was like, Ewa, she's like, Mimi, you're so ready to do your training. I said, what are you talking about? She's like, just trust me, go do your training. I said, Ewa, I don't think I can ever, like, I don't want to teach. And she's like, you don't have, you don't do your training to teach. You do your training for you, like to deepen your practice, your knowledge, all that stuff. And I said, okay, where do you recommend I go? And she recommended the place that she did her training in Miami. 
And I didn't go. Like I, I, I was like, I'm going there. I didn't go. So what I did is I woke up the next day. And at that time, I did have my Instagram. It was Mimi Licious. I remember. <laughs> you recently changed it. I changed it like a year ago. Yeah. Mimi Licious. Okay. Because my, my best friends in Saudi Arabia call me Mimi Licious, Mimi Licious. I'm like, okay, Mimi Licious. I'm going to start blogging about fashion. I've always loved fashion since I was a child. My mom had a boutique in Saudi Arabia, a fashion boutique. And she's very fashionable. So I picked up this fashion from her, you know. It's not like I woke up one day and I'm like, I want to become a fashion blogger. No. So I, I, I was like doing fashion blogging for like a year before that. It didn't fulfill me at all, like at all, at all. It did not fulfill me. I was like, I I can't, I I need to stop doing that. Like it's, I'm not knocking any fashion bloggers or anything, but it just did not work for me. I was like, I need to do more. Like I need to, the best way you can heal is to be in service. When you help others, even if you help them with just talking on the screen for 10 seconds a day, And you see that impact when somebody sends you back, oh my God, you were reading my mind. I needed that message today. I started, I started sharing things about Hala, about my daughter, about her disability, her, 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 her muscle condition, all that stuff. And I would get people from like all over the world reach out to me like, oh my God, my daughter has something similar. My son has this and people sending me pictures of their kids and And then I would recommend the therapy center and all that. So I was like, this is what I need to do. Like, this is also helping me, you know? That's such a big part of it. It's like when you are in the service of others, you are healing yourself. Absolutely. It's such a mutually beneficial. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. So I... I wake up the next day after Ewa tells me, go do your training. And I look at my phone. Good morning. Uh, <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking for a teacher training that's flexible because I have two kids and they're young and stuff. So I can't be in training all day, all night. So please send me your recommendations. And people started sending me recommendations here and there. And you should do this and you should do that. I did this training. I did that training. And then... My second teacher, who I don't want to mention on this podcast, reached out to me. She's from Miami. She reached out to me. She saw my my post or maybe somebody sent her my post and she reached out. She's like, hi, Mimi. My name is blah, blah, blah. I own the studio. I'm starting a training in a month. I'm very flexible. I think this will be a great fit for you, for what you're looking for. Why don't you come take one of my classes? I invite you to come take one of my classes and we can talk after that. I'm like, okay, great. So I go take her class and I love it. I love the class. And then after class, we talked and she was, she was very like kind. And she said, listen, like, trust me, you need to do that training. My training is, is amazing. You have nothing to worry about with the hours. Like if you miss any hours, I'll have my assistant who's, a, who's another yoga teacher make it up for you, blah, 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 all that stuff. I'm like, great. So on the spot, I paid her for the full training. So I started my training. It was amazing. It was, I did not miss an hour of training. I did not miss an hour. And maybe you can relate. Like, it's like, <laughs> I don't want to miss. So I don't want to miss it. And it caused a lot of tension between me and, and, and my ex. Like, he would call me like, what the hell? Where are you? Where's dinner? Where's this? Where's that? Blah, blah, blah. And I would take care of everything in the house. But like, why are you out for so long? Because he started to feel before, even before the training, he started to feel that I was starting to become very empowered you know, and independent. and independent and like nothing would bother me. Nothing. Threatened. He was threatened. He was threatened. And he was, he was so abusive to me, like, especially like 
mental abuse and and uh, emotional abuse, which is worse than physical abuse, to be honest. And he would not get to me. I would be so like quiet and like, okay, great, with a smile, you know. And so he felt it. So I graduated teacher training. At this point, in anything in life, any career, and like I want, I knew I wanted yoga to become my car- my career. You know, I knew that. At what point? Like the point I graduated of the first of, of the first of teacher training. Yeah, like the one I took as a student. Did you have a model of a successful? Yogi, that like, because what you said Her, was my teacher. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not Ewa. Ewa, Ewa was, Ewa never owned a studio or anything like that. And then she went to Orlando for like a year and a half. She had a baby. She was not teaching. Like she right. stopped teaching and then she did her hypnosis. Like she went into hypnosis more than yoga. I asked the question because it was actually one of the questions I sent you in the prep. Right. That this industry, I think for a, a lot of people, they're like, you can't really make a good living. Yes. Being yes. a yoga instructor. And, so and that's why like having someone to model, mm-hmm. I think is really important. Mm-hmm. So you had someone. Yes. It was the owner of the studio where I did my training. I was like, you know, like, this is great. Like she does mm-hmm. have a studio. She does teacher trainings. We did two teacher trainings in Saudi Arabia. We would split the money, her mm-hmm. and I. So I was like, I was like, this can become my, my, my career, you know? And obviously I don't want to just teach here. Like I want to teach everywhere. I was fortunate that I was able to build a community very quickly. Like when she put me on the schedule, not, not as a free class, but as a paid class, people just started to come and come and come. And I'm very active on social media and I'm very approachable and nurturing. And this is, it's just me. You You really are. You really, really are. You can't fake it. And my community started to grow really fast. I'm very active on social media. Social media played a huge role. And then Soul Yoga reached out to me, the owner of Soul Yoga, who is my biggest mentor. And hopefully she listens to this podcast. Mm-hmm. I love you, Kathy. I love Soul Yoga. Yes. Kathy, Kathy's her name? Kathy. Kathy, thank you for having Soul Yoga. <laughs> thank you for creating Soul Yoga. The secret of life. And it is, some people don't know what soul is means and it's the secret of life. I thought it was sun, soul. Me too. Yes. It's the secret of life. Wow. And yoga is the secret of life. So Kathy reached out to me on Instagram and she's like, uh, she's like, I'm opening up a studio. I, I really like you. I follow you. Like she was following me for a while and she's like, I really like you and uh, let's meet. I'm opening up a studio in April and we met in January. And I was like, shit. Shit is getting real, you know, like, oh my God, now another studio is, is wants to yeah. hire me. Like, oh my, like, I'm like, I'm not ready. I'm not prepared, but I'm like, let me go. I'm going to go. So I call a few of my, of my friends and I'm like, what do I do? And they're like, nothing, just relax, just go meet her, you know? So I go to Wynwood to Soul Yoga. It was still under construction. I was the first teacher to, to, wow. to be hired. Yeah, yeah. So I go there and I meet her. I meet Aurea, who's amazing if she's listening. She she was like a manager there and another teacher. We meet, we talk, and immediately we we click, we connect. Like, tell me, she's an amazing mother, Kathy. She's a businesswoman. And she's like, let's meet like in, in a few weeks. Let's do a demo once the studio is not, no more construction, mm-hmm. no more dust, no more dirt. I said, great. I'm like... They're never going to call me again. That's it. A month later, they call me and they're like, okay, come and do a demo. So I go, I do the demo and 
I didn't feel that I did well, to be honest. In the demo, I was very nervous, but I did it. And then they're like, okay, thank you so much. We'll get back to you. I'm like, okay. So two weeks before April 1st, they opened up on April 1st. They send me an email like, you're in, we want you. This is the schedule. Just pick your pick your hours. How many times can you teach? That all that stuff. So I pick. I think I picked three or four days a week, and then I started to teach at Soul Yoga. What's the difference of what happens to you when you are taking versus teaching? For me, big difference. Big big difference. I don't get the same satisfaction as teaching. I. Teaching is like, if I go one day without teaching, I, I feel it. I miss it. I want it. What what is it that you want? Like, what does it give you? It's, it's, it gives you this feeling that's so rewarding to be able to touch people and impact people. And, and at least one person in every single class of mine cries, at least one person. (laughs) I'm raising my hands for those listening. (laughs) At least one person. And you know what, Sophie? Yoga is for the willing. That's my like, like Mimi Yoga. The slogan of Mimi Yoga is for the willing. And a lot of people don't understand why. They tell me, why for the willing? And I say for the willing. Why? Because willing to go in and break open. Willing. This is yoga. If you don't break open... No bueno. It's like superficial existence. It's not with depth, with like true connection, because you have to break in to connect with someone else. You have to go in to break open. So seeing that, seeing my students transform and, and break open is the most rewarding feeling, the most rewarding feeling. For someone listening, I want you to kind of like explain what yoga is for someone that maybe ha- like has tried a few classes. And I think that a lot of people have this misconception that you need to be flexible in 100%. order to do yoga. And I think you do it so beautifully in class when you're like, you know, you don't have to touch your toes. You bend your knees. Exactly. Right. Because your flexibility, your flexibility really is in your head, in your mind. If you are not flexible in your mind, if you go to 1 million yoga classes, you will never be flexible. But I started yoga, I was 30 years old. My forward folds, my arms would reach my knees. That's it. I love this part that you started yoga at 30 30. years old. You are the epitome of (laughs) yogi. Like you're someone that so many people look up to. And this podcast is also very much about the identity with what you do. As someone who has had different kind of moments in my life where I'm like, is this for me? Is it not? It's really refreshing to hear that your path with what is currently your whole life literally started at 30. At 30. Yes. At 30 years old. That's why don't give up. Trust that the universe wants you to succeed. There is no right age to succeed or to find out what you want in life. You can find it at 50, at 60, at 70. I mean, watch Tina Turner's documentary. She found herself at 50. At 50, she became the Tina Turner. Wow. So it's never too late. You just have to keep going and flowing with life. Don't flow through resistance. Don't. And yoga helps you do that. Yoga helps you chanting, yoga, meditation. Yoga is meditation. It's a moving meditation. So some people find their meditation when they're moving and some people find it when they're Still, I can't find it when I'm still. I can't. Who is yoga for? For everyone. Everyone. 
Who is a group of people that you find have the biggest resistance to yoga? The people that are not ready. I love when you say the people that, the that are not arrives. ready, you know, not everybody is mentally ready to go to yoga and that's okay. You got to meet people where they are and exactly how they are. You can't change people. You can talk to them, inspire them, empower them, but I can't force you and grab you and bring you to yoga or, or convince you that yoga is the best practice. And if I try, it's wrong. And not long lasting. Like if someone pushes you to do it, it can only can go so long. If it's you know? forced, it's not going to last. No. And actually there is something that Awa said, which she, I don't think she meant for it to be an analogy for life or something bigger, but honestly, everything in this teacher training has been like, my mind is blown pretty much every <laughs> single day. But she said this and I actually didn't even tell her this. So Awa, if you're listening, like she has no idea that this impacted me at this level, but we were doing handstands, which yes. you know that I love doing. Yes. And she was teaching she the She calls assist. your group the handstand group. We love yeah, handstands. Yeah, 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 yeah. But so she was talking about handstands and the assist for handstands. And uh -huh. she was like, if someone's in the class and they're trying and they're kicking up, but you can tell that they don't, they can't kick up fully. Right. You don't assist them. Leave them alone. You leave them alone. Yeah. They need to practice at home. They need to come before or after to ask you questions. They need right. to do the work themselves. Yes. Before the teacher can assist. Because you can injure them. Exactly. And then when they can kick up, the assist is literally putting your fist in between their hands and it's minimal impact to the instructor. In between their legs. In between, sorry, yes. in between their yes. legs. And to me, I was like, what an analogy for life. If someone is struggling, if someone is, they want something and they're saying it, but they haven't done the actions to be able to kick up themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You don't, you stand you don't. back. Yeah. If they've done the work and all it takes for you is a tiny little assist. And if you're willing, step in. Right. Absolutely. A hundred percent. But like, that's one of those things she was just like, yeah. this is the assist. And I was yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. sorry, what? It, yeah. It's so simple. <laughs> it's so simple. Yeah, it's, and so it's so simple. It becomes complicated. Sometimes things in life are so simple, like breathing. Breathe. Just breathe. Let's actually, let's take a moment to breathe. So the audience. Okay. <sighs> Wow. <laughs> Makes a big difference. Yes. I want to know. Sorry, I just interrupted your last one. No, 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 no. <laughs> I want to know what you would say to someone and how, like you said that it took you like a month to start seeing the effects of yoga play into your life, that you were calmer in traffic. You were calmer in your response to your husband at the time. You're calmer with your kids. What have you seen with your students be kind of that average time of when, because I think for someone listening and like a lot of Americans, especially like we like to know what we're getting, you know, what is the return on investment? Uh, from my experience with teacher training and my students, I start to see the change and the transformation and the whole like energy of the student change and become lighter and happier and, and more cheerful, like even with students texting me on WhatsApp, like you and I send each other WhatsApp other students as well, their whole vibe and, and energy change starts, I start to see this positive change by week three, week four. So a month, within the month. It's so beautiful. It's, it's truly like some students tell me, Mimi, this is not a teacher training. This is a clinic. Like I'm, I'm going to the clinic and I'm like, call it whatever you want to call it. As long as you feel this transformation. Look, yoga is a, is a self transformational practice 
And in order to transform, you and I, both of us, need someone to push us to transform. Yes, you choose, you choose to go to the course and do it, but you're not transforming on your own. You're transforming because of the community. You're transforming because of your teachers. You're transforming because of everything that's happening in there. That's it. Yeah. Three, three four weeks. I will then. say that, and I've never taken any other teacher training, but I will say that the feeling and like the actual people that are in it, I don't know if you you think this about the yoga community in general, but I'm just saying from Mimi Yoga Teacher Training, I've never seen a group of people so just kind. Genuine. Genuine, not judgmental, really wanting everyone to succeed. Yes. Like genuinely happy to see you. Yes, absolutely. Yes, because I think you, you most of the time, whether it's yoga or not, you attract what you are. You know what I'm saying? And I always say, like, if, if, if anybody's going to be judgy here, I'm sorry, but you're not welcome to be here. Like, this is a non-judgment zone. There is no judgment happening here. Are you going to, you know, experience obstacles? Yes. People, you know, people have, have a life. It's not just yoga. You can be having a shitty day with your husband and you come to yoga and you have an attitude and it's fine. It's okay. You're a human being. But at the end of the day, I know that you want everybody to succeed. You want everybody to be happy. You, this is, this is why I say we are nothing without a community and there's many communities out there, but not any community, a community that wants you to succeed, a community that moves forward with you, a community that's there, community that's your safety net. It's so necessary. It's a necessary tool for survival. You cannot survive without a community. You can't. How did you learn how to cultivate a community like this? Because like, I think we kind of brushed over the fact that you came from Saudi Arabia, like literally don't speak Spanish in Miami and you've been able to cultivate this insane community. Like what advice do you have to someone listening who wants to cultivate that for themselves too? That worked for you. You need to surround yourself with like-minded people. You need to, you need to surround yourself with people and you need to be organic and authentic first before you surround yourself with these people. Before you even search for this community, you need to be authentic and real with yourself. Because if you're not real with yourself, it's not going to work. It's, it's, it will never work. Totally. How do you, once you're there, how do you find like you have people? to be, you have to be so honest with yourself and so like crystal clear with your intention. What do you want? Like, and it can take you years to figure out what you want. And you're going to go into communities and you're going to say, oh, this is, this is not working for me because you don't know what you want. You're not being honest with yourself. But once you're honest with yourself and you're vulnerable, you're vulnerable, you, you need to be so vulnerable. Vulnerability is brave. It's courage. It's not you're, you're weak because you're vulnerable. No. So my advice I did the boot camp, I did the spinning, I, I, I did the gym, I did the personal trainer. I did not find it. I did not find it except in yoga. My advice is you don't have to come to me. You can go to any other yoga studio until you connect with, your, with, a, with a teacher that helps you find yourself. 
that helps you transform, that accepts you, meets you exactly where you are. I've been to yoga classes, Sophie, where the teacher was rude. Uh, who taught you this up dog? Where did you learn this up dog? We don't do this here. You know, it's like so discouraging. You you need to know how to talk to people too. Mm-hmm. And kindness costs nothing. Like, I don't know why it's difficult for certain people to be kind. You heal through kindness. You're yes. willing to give, you're willing to show up. Like you went yesterday to show up for some of your old students. Absolutely. Like that, if more of us can be like that, I feel like that's... If more so of us beautiful. can be like that, I promise you the world will be in such a good place. But we're human beings. We're not perfect. I'm really lucky to have Hala with her disabilities that led me to the United States, that led me to yoga. You know, What has being Hala's mother taught you? Love. A lot of love. Love, love, love. So much love. Like she is pure love and she receives all the love. <laughs> yeah. A lot of love. Obviously, a lot of patience too. But before I had her, I had to, you know, be patient with my ex-husband, with my parents had some issues as well. And my bro- I have a brother that suffers schizophrenia. So I was always like the savior in the family. You know, since I was a child, I was always, I'm the only girl. And I don't know, I guess I was just born to do that. You give so much. You really do. And now that you're saying all these things, it makes sense that that's your instinct to be that nurturer, to support, to give. You said something last teacher training that you were like, it's important to receive. Yes. Yes. And it's so hard for me to receive. I am learning every day to receive. Like I have to take a moment, breathe and say, Mimi, it's okay. Like let her pay for the coffee. Or it's okay, let her massage your feet or anything, anything that I have to receive. Like you have to receive. So it's very, very important, yeah, especially if you're giving so much of your energy and your time and your, and just sharing your story. It's not easy to share your story. No, it's and hard. Thank you for sharing yeah, it. It's very how hard. Do you, how do you replenish your energy? I travel. <laughs> I, I, I that travel. fills your cup. Yeah, it does fill my cup. I travel. I mean, it's not my first thing that replenishes my, my energy because obviously I can't travel all the time. <laughs> but girlfriends, having good girlfriend, like girlfriend time. A thousand percent. Girlfriends are the secret of life. So. Soul. Girlfriends are the secret of life. Soul yoga, exactly. Go to soul yoga with your girlfriend. Go to a soul double yoga whammy. with your girlfriend. <laughs> Pick up the phone and have a 30-minute conversation with, with a girlfriend. Talk, laugh, be able to say whatever the hell you want to say. I'm not into, to be honest, massages and facials and all that stuff. Like a lot of people say getting a massage, a facial, blah, blah, blah. No, I love to be in the sun, like a pool, the beach. I love the beach. So just being in the sun fuels me. You also said that you spend two hours in silence every morning. Yes. Every single morning, I wake up like 5.30, 6 a.m. and I spend an hour and a half to two hours alone. Not like meditate, meditating or anything like that. I listen to my playlist. Sometimes I, you know, I prepare. Sometimes I sit and I prepare for my class. I get inspired by a song or something I read online or something. I'm like, oh, I want to, I want to use this as a theme today in class or something. So yeah, this really fills my soul. This this hour and a half in the morning is important. I love yeah. it. 
Okay, so I want to ask this question that's specific to our audience. Mm-hmm. Who My audience, it's a group of seekers. So these people, they may be in a position where they're, they're eager to live in a fulfilling way. They want to find their purpose. They may have an inkling, but don't know the first steps to take. Or they've taken some steps and it's kind of like slow to start. What advice would you give to someone in leading a truly fulfilling life? The first thing to do is to ask yourself those tough questions. These questions are hard to ask yourself. What do I want? What do I want? What is it that I want? You know? And the second thing is service. Go do some service, some work. Go to a charity. Go to the homeless shelter. Go talk to the homeless people on the street. I mean, I saw hundreds of them driving here. I see them every day driving to the studio. They're all over. I know that these people are on the street because of trauma, not because of anything else. Mm -hmm. Trauma. There is so much wisdom in trauma, so much wisdom, and we all have trauma. And you and me and whoever is listening has the power to turn their poison into medicine. So at the end of the day, you are in control. If you are able, you, you're able, you're walking, you're talking, your brain is functioning, you can see, you have, you have nothing stopping you. And I'm sorry, it's in your hands. It's all I in your that. hands. I love that. I love that. I love that. And then before we go into the Om Namo, I want you to talk about how when the student is ready, the teacher arrives. Yes, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. So this comes from, you cannot force the student to be ready. The student will be ready someday. Maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe in 10 years, maybe in 20 years. And you know what? Maybe never, maybe never. Why? Because they choose not to be ready for their own reasons and no judgment. God bless them. Wish them all the best. But when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. I love it. Okay. So you are doing your next teacher training, which guys, I'm halfway through. It is, <laughs> it is total. I'm going to, in the intro, even talk about it more, but truly transformative. It's hybrid, which is what I liked about it also when I saw it online. Yes. Do you still have openings for the May yes, training? Yes, we're, okay. we're, we have openings up till, up till day one. Actually, you know, two people from your <laughs> training signed up after day one. Totally. Yeah. Totally. So yes, we have openings. You know, I am talking about it almost on daily basis on my social media. I'm willing to meet you for coffee, talk to you, FaceTime you, any questions you have, because I understand like people think, oh, it's a teacher training. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to become a teacher, but it's so much more than that. So it is much more. So much and more it's than so that. hard to, it's so difficult to put it into words. It's really difficult to put it into words. I will do my best in the intro to put it into words yes. because more than anything, and like, I've always wanted to do it. I really have. And like you said, when the student is ready, ready? the teacher She'll will arrive. Appear. I've always wanted to do it. And what has surprised me more than anything is the people that are in there. I'm like, you can't put a price on that. You can't put a price on like-minded people like-minded who have the same people. north that you do. You There is literally, it doesn't matter. And also if the money is what's stopping you, and I know that everyone is in different circumstances, but Absolutely. to me, it is not about the dollar amount. It is about the energetic exchange. You yes. are, you are investing it's in yourself. It's an investment, 100%. So it's like, don't, look so much at the amount of money. Look at it as like, I am willing to 
put that for myself, for my growth, for my community, for my people. Prioritize your your well-being. And, and trust me, teacher training will open up so many doors for you in your career and your in your relationships and all that stuff it it's just such a transformational training that will lead you to who you really are it's not you're not being brainwashed or no. oh i changed in this training no this is you there is nothing the training will give you that you don't have it's an uncovering exactly it's it's like shedding you're shedding you're shedding it's so beautiful. Yeah. It is an uncovering, yeah. 1,000%. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're going to close out the podcast with the mantra that got me hooked onto Mimi's yoga. Did I tell you this, that this is what happened? No. I, I didn't know that you did this in class. I had no idea. That one class that I took, I think in like 2018 or 2019. Yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you start doing this chanting. I'd never heard it in my life. And the vibration of everyone having the same sound, and it was in another language. And I had no idea what was going on, but the energy was love that's what it was moves you I just started crying not of happiness or sadness it was like a release yes and I took that one class and it's been in my mind (laughs) since that class literally haven't taken your class since and I was like I want to do yoga yoga teacher training what's Mimi up to January 17th I'm so happy you did I'm so happy that we're we're here too like same but that's the power of this mantra you're an amazing person Sophie you're amazing Beautiful. You're amazing. You're amazing. Okay, so we're going to close this out because they're going to kick us out of the yes. studio. <laughs> Where is it? The sound is good.
mantra translates to you are your own teacher teacher lies within namaste yay <laughs> we can stay here wow. for hours and hours I love it Thank you so much for making it all the way to the end of the episode. You have no idea how much it means to me. And I really do hope that you left this conversation feeling lighter, more in tune, and with some tools to apply to your own life. Please feel free to reach out to me via DM on Instagram. I would absolutely love that, which I have linked in the show notes on any feedback or guests that you want to have on. And if you do have a second, I would really appreciate you giving the podcast five stars on Apple Podcasts and a quick review. It really helps getting the podcast in front of more people like you. See you next week.